It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs preseason Parramatta Eels analysis podcast i just it's coming it's really hard for me to come up with different things to call these podcasts Uh, (laughs) i'm here with ryan and irregular rob again now irregular rob have you got your microphone ready working because i mean we're recording this podcast on a completely different day to the last one we were having problems but did you get it sorted out uh you'd think i'd have got a new microphone with all the time in between um our podcast recording but no I'm, i'm here Good job. Thanks, mate. I appreciate you taking the time to come in, talk to us about the Parramatta Eels. And uh, Ryan, mate, same to you. Uh, it's, it's good having you here. At least I've got somebody uh, regular and regular Ryan and reliable. Yeah, regular Ryan. Regular Ryan. Always here. Reliable Ryan. <laughs> Count on me, Boys, mate. Uh, <laughs> in case you can't tell by the one-minute intro, there's not a lot happening here for the Parramatta Eels. Um, Clint Gutherson. Uh, not fantasy relevant. And Walker Blake, Will Penasini, not fantasy relevant. Mike Acevo, not fantasy relevant. Now, on our website, we have Bailey Simmons enlisted as being the winger, but he's actually indefinitely out. And also we have the other guy, Hayes Dunstar, who's also coming back from injury. So it seems to me like maybe the winger to start the year is going to be Sean Russell, who famously... Uh, absolutely shot the lights out and scored three tries in 34 minutes before getting injured for the rest of the year last year. Boys, I'd love to tell you that Sean Russell's a buyer, but I really don't think he is. And I think a lot of people, because we were, Ryan, we were pretty heavily anti-Russell last year, um, mm. and we were looking pretty silly there for the first 34 minutes of that game. But, I mean, w- where do we go from here? Well, I think the main difference compared to last year, because last year he was covering for Mike Acevo. He was playing left wing. This year, Mike Acevo is healthy, so you'd assume he's going to be on the right wing. Parramatta tend to focus their attack down the left. They score a lot of tries down the left. So I think he probably benefited um, in that first game from that. Um, we were, uh, But other than that, like... All the stats haven't changed. Like, is the reserve grade games he played last year are similar to what he was putting up um, in reserve grade prior? Like, it's high 20s sort of guy. Um, I mean, is he, is he going to be scoring a hat-trick in the first 34 minutes of a game every single week? I, I don't think so. And I, I think his, um, he's on the wrong side as well to really be taking a punt on someone in the Seal side. Well, I mean, even in his reserve grade 2022 stats, he obviously came back in round nine and and played out the season in reserve grade. Looking at his stats here, he ended up averaging 27.5 last year, did get a hat trick last year in reserve grade as well, but only put up 59 points in that game. So most of the rest of it is 25, 25, 17, 10, 21, 17, 27, 24, 28, 30. So, I mean, there's a couple of other bigger scores in there, but there's a lot of not great. And the thing is, he's not basement price. He's 319K. So he's a 21 break even already. So he'd need to be a 30 plus average, which means he'd need to be five points better than anything that we've seen in his reserve grade stats. Uh, Rob, Mm. how often do you think that you've seen players be significantly better 
in the NRL than they were in reserve grade and attack. Yeah, we've just you just have to look at Zaxini, right? Um, it's it's t- hey, it's a hey, different hey, hey, it's hey, a hey, different. Hey 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 hey! hey. <laughs> Start talking again, and don't don't give me any of that lip, all right? No, I, I I started with Sean Russell last year. I think I can't remember why I did that. In I think it was just the price because he was bargain basement, and I needed a wing yeah, fullback. I think two hundred and sixty k. I think he started just above basement price. Yeah, um, and I think he got hurt like while scoring a try or something. No, yeah. someone it was a dog tackle, wasn't it? It was the like, yeah, need him, need him while he was going out. Um, yeah, right. But this is all beside the point. Um, in that. Also, they have got a really tough draw, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this, but it's Storm, Sharks, and then they've got Manly, but Panthers, Roosters, Tigers, Bulldogs, Broncos. It's it's not easy, and for a winger on the wrong edge, I think it's just a, a big avoid for me. And he's also more expensive than Tamari, uh, than Tamari Martin. So mm. I'd rather get that, who's got a more uh, solid floor. Yeah, there seems to be there seems to be a lot of cheap options, and there seems to be some really good ones, and then some some pretty clear sort of trap potential traps there. So um, definitely avoiding Sean Russell. Happy to go with that, boys. Two halves keepers that are not somebody that you want to start with round one. I managed to successfully talk somebody out of starting with Mitchell Moses in the Instagram DMs the other day, which I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, that's your uh, uh, char- charity work for the for the week. Yeah, mate. Uh, and then into the pack, uh, Reed Marnie leaves. We get Josh Hodgson. Uh, break even 36, 532K, uh, projecting him to be in the low 40s, I think. So probably a, definitely some value, but as to how much, not sure. Don't really think it's there. Um, do, do I mean, I'll start with you, Robin. I'll come back. I'll circle back to Ryan. Uh, is there any interest from you in, in Josh Hodgson? No, I think it's another one of those ones where they mess with the price um, fan hub. So they kind of took the decision out of our hands. If he was, uh, obviously they weren't going to put him in his bargain basement or whatever he was going to be based on his, was it last year or was it even the year before his last game? Last, last, last year. But it was at one game or whatever it was. Yeah, it was around two minutes into round one. Um, But that's that's like where they've got the 36 from is just, is just, too hard to know and and there's just no way he's going to get 10 points of value i just i just can't i mean if you look at his career average at hooker uh 43 44 and then 49 37 48 you know and the minutes wise is all in the 70s and then yeah six minutes for two points in uh in the first game of the season last year so I mean, there's nothing here unless they took his 2020 average roughly and sort of, you know, worked off that. But he, uh, yeah, massive demerits in 2020 randomly. He had um, negative 15 almost in demerits, and his highest one before that was negative 12, while also massively dropped attacking stats. A bit of a weird one, but I think, Obviously, if we got his at 2019 or 2021, Josh Hodgson, we'd be we'd be laughing all the way to the bank, even at the current price. Uh, Ryan, what price would he need to be that would have made you consider buying? Um, look, I think something with a four in front of it, um, maybe 
because what's he's priced at what thirty six? Uh, I probably would have been hoping for the low thirties if um, if he'd been priced in the low thirties. I think that probably would have gotten me in. But I think right now, right now, I I, I don't think he's the worst option, but he's just not one I'm considering. I. I He's got the upside. Like if if he could really get back to his his peak, he's got the upside. But for a guy coming off another ACL in his on the wrong side of thirty, playing for a new side, like what? In, and as well as Jake Arthur on the bench, who's probably going to steal ten to fifteen minutes. Uh, it, it, what's what's the realistic chance he's hitting that those mid to high forties? Um, yeah, I, I just don't see it. Uh, well, all I've seen in the preseason is very good positive chat regarding Josh Hodgson. Um, which, I mean, I know preseason is not usually the time for fluff pieces on new players. I know it's very rare that we see those. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, the other thing to keep in mind while we're here for overall players, Parramatta Eels' buy schedule is probably the best buy schedule of any team. So they play all three major buy rounds. They're the only team that plays all three major buy rounds. Um, so they have a buy immediately after Origin 1 and then before, like as in in the middle of 2 and 3 and then the very last week of the year. So tactically speaking, it, it's probably a good selection. If you, Even if he got 45 average, it'd be a good buy. Um, just mm. based on when he's available and the tough hooker position, first buys round 14. But it would be a huge, like, antipod move to go, like, Josh Hodgson and skip Brandon Smith or something like that. That would be, you know, a hero move that could pa- that could pay out. But, I mean, you you know, for 50K there, you're probably wow. costing yourself five points. So, yeah, not Gosh. sure. I just saw Hodgson's only 3% owned. I, I've got to say, I'm actually quite impressed with the fantasy community. I would have expected a, a lot more. Um, like just a, to be 11, just, 11, 12, 11, 12%. Yeah. Yeah, just purely for the, na- the name brand. I, would have, I was expecting more people on than that. But I, I mm. guess uh, people are learning. They're, they, they're onto the traps. Oh, mate. Now it makes me want to buy him because <laughs> no one else has got him. I'm part fantasy. The fantasy community does have a lot of players that aren't even going to be in 17s, though. So yeah. no, I don't know yeah, how much actually, credit we can really give them. Yeah, that's a real, Maybe that 3% is the teams that are actually not autofills. Yeah. And, and we're the only three morons that don't have him. <laughs> All right. It, who, who is a higher ownership, Josh Hodgson or Jaden Burrell? Oh, it's always going to be Burrell. Yeah. Always Burrell. <laughs> you bet your house on that. I'm actually I thought he surprised. Was at like... Yeah, Burrell is at uh, 8.6%. I actually had somebody in, message me on Instagram to specifically tell me how good Rua Nakatura is. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> what team did we decide he was on? Wests, right? Yeah, Wests. No, apparently he's apparently he's a Jet. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, be- which I believe, and I mean, somebody's got to take over from Appy, and I think we've seen enough of Jake Simkin to know it might not be him. So uh, it could it could well be young Rua, but uh, he's not going to be in the round one team. So yeah, seven percent, much too high. But uh, he's actually higher on than Appy is Rua. Um, but yeah, Josh Hodgson two point nine nine percent. He's actually Damien Cook's only at three point nine percent, which is surprising. Um, he's, he's another guy just name value wise, but he's not. He's a terrible value. 
But, you know, usually people just jump on, oh, yeah, get gun hooker, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Harry Grant's skill at stealing the show at 17%. So maybe he's just, you know, people can't afford Hines and, and another one as well. But, uh, yeah, I actually don't think – I think I actually believe that Hodgson's ownership should be higher than that. But Yeah, me I, too. I'm not emotionally attached to – I'm not going to defend him any further. I'm uh, much more interested in two other guys here – We'll do the, the the guys that aren't relevant first. In Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell, Gillard, leave them out. Leave Sean Lane out. He had a massive breakout year last year. Let's keep an eye on him. But I mean, do we do we actually need to stop and have a little look at Sean Lane? Because I mean, he uh, came on massively at the end of last year. Uh, had a few games of reduced minutes, eight, nine, ten, but then sort of after that was a was a jet, but. I mean, in that Panthers game, he didn't do a lot, but you know, there's a number of seventy-plus scores and and high sixties in here. We think we're just we're just going to leave Sean Lane down as a, a watch for later, guys, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, if there is some value here, it's maybe three points. Uh, it's yeah, not enough. I don't think to take a risk on him. Yeah, I I I do have a little bit of a hot take here. I think I'd start with Sean Lane before I started with David Fafita. It is a hot take. Ooh. I like it though. It's a tough. It's a tough schedule though, as we've said. Um, Flamey. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he he scored a lot of his points in attacking stats. Sean Lane. Yeah, but mate, he's a big look. Look at the size of him. No one can stop. Yeah, he's him, massive. Right? Yeah, he he was so enjoyable at the end of last year, right? Yeah. Great. One of those guys that just like you just they just pop out of nowhere. Just it did feel like a a career season for him. Yeah. One that he's going to be telling his grandchildren about. The time oh, so we should. Re- the time he was fantasy relevant. Guys, speaking of fantasy relevant, edge back rowers, Matt Dory. Uh, so it seems like Brad Arthur is intent on not playing Madison on the edge. Um, so we're either going to get uh, the love and joy and stress that comes along with Bryce Cartwright, um, where we're actually going to be forced to select him if he's in the jersey in round one. Or more likely we're going to see slow and steady Matt Dory 250k, probably one of the better in terms of safety cash cows. Uh, I know somebody's doing an article on him at the moment. Uh, anyone, Rob, do you have any strong feelings about Matt Dory in either direction? Yeah, I will start with him, I think. if if Oh, I'll start with him, definitely, if he's got the edge spot, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, commit to it, Rob. Um, and... But his his stats aren't great. Like I am oh, d- no. the one doing the article, um, and I was just looking at his stats for starts for playing over sixty minutes, and he averages thirty two. So it's it's very Gachevsky esque. You feel like I feel like you should get forty. You know, as a as a back rower, like if you're starting back rower, you should get you know high thirties, like push early forties, um, and, and that should kind of be your. If you're playing 80 minutes, that's kind of what you'll get just through the run of the play of the game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I like think it's, 25 it's to 30, Like 25 to 30 tackles and 100 metres type of thing. Like, yeah, that's right. Um, but demerits really bring him down. It's the missed tackles um, kind of between – he's averaging 4.5 in his, start, in his stats um, over 60 minutes. So, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a fun ride, but it will be. There will be value for sure. Could you? Go, I mean, could we put a little bit of that down to the fact that he was playing in the Bulldogs and not in the Eels? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's but 
yeah, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, isn't it? Mm. It's never slowed down to Raymond for Talamarina, has it, though? No, you're right. You're right. So, Ryan, all I heard when you just spoke then was you want to see Bryce Cartwright named on the edge so you can buy Bryce Cartwright. I do, mate. I think it'd be a lot more fun. I know he likes to offload, and I like to watch players offload. Give me the Carty party. Please. <laughs> We're a pro Bryce Cartwright anti-Matt Dory podcast. Because, um, like, Dory, Dory's going to be slow and steady. He's going to make you cash, but it's going to be so boring. I want excitement. Give me Bryce Cartwright. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Bryce Cartwright, here's his averages at back row, 50, 50, 33, 24, but he only played one game of 50 minutes, 41, 35, 46. So yeah, it's all over the shop. Great. It's all over the ship, but shop, the shop, but all but one season's better than Matt Dory. Yep. <laughs> that that Bryce Cartwright fantasy year was just remarkable, right? Yeah. He is her. He is her. <laughs> 2016, he averaged 50. Yeah, so incredible. But there was one year where he was like such a – because did he have half? Didn't he have half jewel as well? He was playing 5'8". Oh, so nice. Elite, elite stuff. Mate, yeah. Now, I want the Cardi party. Like, I'll I'll captain him round one if he's named there. (laughs) It's a hot take. (laughs) Uh, If Brad Arthur's listening, Melbourne Storm round one. First game of the season, Bryce Cartwright, captain. I'll be number one on the ladder for the first time ever and, it, for like, forever because I'll never be again number one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was at the Titans when he was fantasy relevant. Was he coming off the bench and playing no, in the it middle? Was the Panthers. It was the Panthers. I was sure he was at the Titans. No. Yeah, after that. Was at the no, Titans the Titans bit, is when yeah. it went downhill, mate. The Titans are the yeah, But I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Fantasy relevant that year. Oh, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm sure he was. All right. Let's, he might have been playing in a different position. 20, 2020, was it? I don't know. Or 2019? When did he play Come. for the Titans? Guys, we're doing that thing where we're researching something as the podcast is going along. <laughs> On the go. We're not going to do, look, can't look, do I'll it. Do the, I'll do the Dory slash Cartwright article and then... Can you do a, yeah. an article specifically on Bryce Cartwright? The history of Bryce and the Cardi Party. <laughs> yeah. Can you yeah. get an interview and find out why he doesn't like vaccinations while you're there? The There's a thing. lot of league players that don't like vaccinations, so I don't know yeah, if we mate. want to get into that. Yeah, mate. I'll just, yeah. No, I Not that kind of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just curious. I just want to know. Yeah, I don't yeah, I just, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I just want to know. I'm curious. I'm open to it's having bad. my mind changed. I'm open to having my mind changed. Anyway, um talk to me. Ryan, Jermaine Hopgood. Mm. Give it to me. Yeah, well, the the Panther product, isn't he? Um he's made his way over. I guess the the word is um he's going to be playing in that that lock role, uh, I, I understand. So at the price, he seems like an interesting value. He's got a very good um, historical PPM. Keep in mind, he hasn't played too many big-minute games. We got one in round 25 last year for the Penrith Panthers. He played 67 minutes at lock when they were resting everybody against the Cowboys and scored 61, which is encouraging. Um, so, I mean, if he's playing in a big-minute role at 453000 he he sort of seems like a no-brainer, doesn't he? Um, mm. It just depends if he gets that role. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at his three 
40 plus minute games in the NRL so far. He averages 42.7 in 51.7 minutes. Um, and he is currently priced at about the right price for that to be a good value. So um, just pulling him up. Yeah, so 31. So, yeah, 41 will do. We don't need him to be the next coming of Cameron Murray. We just need him to be like Tarek Sims, and he'll have 10 points of value. So, Perfect. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the thing is, if you look at his reserve grade stats, his average in reserve grade last year was 65 uh, in 69.2 minutes. Uh, base of 51.6, over 20 attacking stats per game. Looks very similar to a stat line that Cameron Murray would put up. Put up. Um, Cameron Murray has a slightly higher base and a slightly lower attack, but it's very similar to a Cameron Murray-esque, you know, points output. Madison, Gillard, Paulo all going to take up. They'll take up 150 of the 240 middle minutes or thereabouts. Um, and it's going to be up to... Hop good to force Brad Arthur to play him for 50 to 55 minutes a game to give him that 40-something average that we need, where his main com- competition is Jack Murchie, Makahesi, Makatoa, and um, uh, who's this other donkey? Nathan Brown. Uh, so he hasn't got a deal, right? Or does he? No. I oh, no, he does. He's he got a 2023 does. deal. Yeah. I just don't think that the Eels care if he leaves. He's, and fair enough. Um. Which is sad because he used to be how old so do you good. Think, how old do you think Nathan Brown is? Oh, do you know the answer like to 20, this? Like 20, I think he's like 28. He yeah. seems like the oldest 29-year-old. <laughs> I, honestly, he's 29. But, like, he just seems like he's been around and, like, almost washed up. But I think he could do a job. Maybe not for the Eels. Oh, but. He, yeah, he. but the thing is with Nathan Brown, he's a bit like a old coal train, like, steam engine where, mm. like, you know, not he's Taylor. not good. No, not the coal train. <laughs> a coal-based, a coal-fired train-powered thing. Oh, right, right, he, right. Yeah, no, he's just, he's a bit slow when he starts off and he warms into the game and the longer a minutes he plays, the better he plays. In his best games, he plays 80 minutes. Um, not uh, just even, I'm sure statistically that would work. If you looked at his PPM, I reckon it would be better in longer games. That's my gut feel with no, I'm not even going to look that up. I'm just going to assume it's true, but uh, (laughs) he's, he is, he was always really good in longer minutes where he got into the battle, got stuck in, you know, he's getting, you know, getting stuff done and he's just, yeah, he's just, I think he needs to be in that role and he's just not going to be in that for the Eels because they've already got four middle forwards with big minutes uh, I think they're better off just using, you know, Makatoa and Murchie and, and um, you know, these sorts of guys off the bench for 20 minutes and letting their other good middle forwards who, uh, you know, they're all elite-level players, letting them play the minutes. So, I mean, they're probably going to see Dory. Dory will probably give up 20 minutes to somebody, whether that's Madison or Murchie or Hopgood. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, they're going to play. They'll play some additional minutes there. Um, so at the moment we've got Murchie playing some minutes on the edge to let Nathan Brown get 30 minutes in. But, I mean, there's enough there for Paulo, Campbell Gillard, Hopgood, Madison to play 200 minutes between the four of them and and still give Murchie and Brown a roll of the bench while having uh, Sean Lane play 80. So, I mean, it's there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but I'm a, I'm a big Hopgood guy. So, And once again... If in doubt, 
everybody else is going to have him, and the Eels' buy schedule looks awesome. So, yeah, look at the um, the oh, I've forgotten what the name of the article is now. Player theory, game theory, game theory article. Game theory. Yeah, there you go. Um, yep. It's got good good piece on on starting with highly owned pods, uh, highly owned players. Yeah, particularly like guys who you're pretty sure are going to be good, like Brandon Smith, right? Like we're pretty sure Brandon Smith's going to be good. Like you're like with eighty five, even if you're only eighty percent sure he's going to be good. If he sucks, everybody else has got him anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same with Hopgood. He's going to be thirty something percent by the time we open up. Uh, particularly if he's named at starting lock, has the jewel. Everyone's going to be, you know, giving him a sponge bath, and there's going to be no, you know, everyone that's that's doing is going to have him anyway, and no one's going to be fading him. So. It's uh, you know, this is it's a win-win scenario. Last guy we need to have a conversation about is uh, Ryan Madison, who is suspended for the first three games of the season because he decided that he didn't want to pay the fine, um, and he's now trying to pay the fine. But you know, we're of the belief that the NRL is not going to let him. He's not going to play on the edge. He's going to play in the middle because BA doesn't like playing his good players for the maximum amount of minutes. So. Uh, we find ourselves with a really interesting thing here because Madison is actually a really good buy, even off the bench. Uh, Ryan, have you done much research into Madison? Well, I had a brief look at him. Um, it's uh, I, I didn't dig too far into him, just given the fact that he's what we assume he's not going to be available for the first few weeks of the season. So it just sort of just rules out any um, any thought of starting with him. But I know last year he was an absolute menace coming off the bench, playing that sort of fifty-five to sixty-minute middle role, um, which mm. sort of seems like a role he's, he's born to play, like given that he's got that Haas experience. He, like, he debuted as a 5'8 for the, for the Roosters a few years back. He's a premiership winning centre as well. True, very true. Do you, that uh, versatility, right? he's he's all round, all round player. Yeah. Grand final winning, him and Mitch Orbison were the two centres for the Roosters when they won the grand final. Well. I won't hear any bad words about Orbo. I didn't say one. No, I know. Never. I just want it as a warning you both. Okay, right. Rob's got an itchy trigger finger. Uh, but no, he's, uh, you know, he is. He's versatile. I think he's going to be one that you're going to want come round 10 for the for the buy, you know, through the origin period, buy rounds. He's not going to play origin. Um, yeah, he might be one where, you know, you're going uh, Adam Elliott, Corey Horsburgh type into Ryan Madison come round 10, maybe, if you decide to go that way. Uh, any any more eels related stuff, boys? Um, oh, they've got two players really, don't they? Yeah. What's uh, are, are you predicting the wheels to fall off again? Last year, last year you predicted the wheels to fall off, and they nearly oh, won a mate. premiership. Mark, uh, are they mate, well, falling off this year? I'm going to stay quiet on it. I think. <laughs> Just let the wheels fall where they may. Can I tell you that four of the six of us have the eels missing the eight this year? No, five of the six of us. <laughs> There's only one of the six people in the amateurs consensus that has the eels making the eight, and that is regular Rob. Regular Rob believes. I believe he's a he's a he believes wow. in paradise. He does. That's a good. That's a good looking ladder, actually, Rob. I'm pretty happy with this ladder. I keep coming back to it and wondering if I want to change anything. But now I've got the eels in seventh for the listeners. Yeah. No. Nah. And that's yeah, yeah for the. That that would be a hot take even for a, many people to have the Eels coming off a grand final and going into seventh, although that's exactly what the Rabbitohs did last year. But don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, guys. The Eels are going all the way this year. 
This is this is their year, mate. Eels versus Warriors Grand Final. That's it. That's that's one for the whole family. Could you imagine what what would have to go wrong for that to for that to happen? Cameron Munster would have to sign with the Warriors, I reckon. Australia would have to stop playing NRL, basically. Yeah, only Kiwi players and Islanders yeah. are allowed to play NRL. Yeah, actually. Yeah, you're probably right. The Eels would get up in that competition, I reckon. Yeah. Love that. Dylan Brown, Love baby. That. Yep. Old D bro. All right. Thank you very much for joining us for this highly enlightening Eels fantasy football podcast. We will talk to you next time where we'll talk about the Penrith Panthers. (laughs) Love you guys.